My name's Dulcy, and um, I am nervous. Check this out, okay? And that's because I usually get to be back there and not up here. But um, Dave asked me to do this today, and we're going to do it, all right? So um, I want to talk about hospitality. I actually do really love hospitality. Um, but one of the main things I love about hospitality is that I think it's for everyone. So that's what we're going to talk about today, okay? So we're just going to read through what Bloom kind of defines as hospitality. Um, you're welcome to read as I speak along. The community, the community of faith's shared faith is intended to open up, to fan out, and to draw others in, to become aware of the presence of God. Isn't that beautiful right there? That's enough right there. Hospitality is essentially creating intentional space within our tangible world for the eternal to break through for the sake of others. We are committed to a life of hospitable friendship with all people because every human heart is in the need of love, kindness, and healing of God. I moved to Colorado in 2000. Um, I could probably tell you the exact date. I think it was like August 11th, 2000. Um, I moved to be a part of a parachurch organization, uh, and I came sight unseen. I literally had never been to Colorado. I had never been to Boulder. I'd never skied. That's not true. I did cross-country skiing when I was a kid. Um, and I moved to Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> I knew no one except the team that I was being put on who I had met when I moved down there, right? So I, I came to Colorado I didn't even have a dog at that point, completely by myself. I made $9.25 an hour in Boulder, okay? I had a really hard roommate, the type of roommate that made me just stay in my room all the time. And I had just moved from Alaska, where I had done an internship, and moving to Colorado was essentially the second time in two years that I was fully starting completely over. Okay. Um, what I needed was community pretty badly. Um, I don't know if I should hold my phone or not, you know. That's why I'm not sitting down, because when you sit down, it means you've made it as a speaker, all right? <laughs> I have to get my nervous energy out, so we're going to be pacing a lot today. I joined a church. It was, it's, a, it's a hippie church. It has since dissolved, which is why I'm at Bloom. Um, but it was full of just literally a bunch of folks from the 70s who decided to radically follow Jesus in Boulder. And I really loved it. But I was new. <laughs> I was new and I was single. I was 26 and single. And um, unfortunately, the church, not just this church, but most churches, um, kind of view women who are single as not as wise as women who are married. Um, not as significant, not as much value. And I felt that in this church a little bit when I started. Where's your husband, right? You're 26. My gosh, 26. Now I just laugh. I just laugh now. <clears throat> in, over the course of that year, that was very, very lonely and very, very hard for me. Three things happened, okay? First of all, I would say, in going to a church, I climbed up a tree, right? I was kind of saying, I see, I see something's happening here with the Jesus crowd, all right? For me, it was church. But I didn't know how to enter into that, right? So the first thing that happened is that I had a really hard roommate. Now, 
Sometimes people are just hard to be around. <laughs> Sometimes they have a hard life. I don't know the reasoning for it, but I really felt uncomfortable even leaving my bedroom, but I had nowhere to go. One of the women in my church happened to live next door. Now, the age difference between her and I was the same as the distance between me and her daughter. So it was kind of this lovely group of women. <laughs> um, and she, I was making that 9.25, and I would eat... Now, I wonder why I have a lot of gut problems now, okay? I would eat uh, the cheapest pasta that was on sale. I would boil it, and then I would sprinkle pork and chicken seasoning on it because it would, like, make it taste like it had meat and sauce on it. And uh, so I was poor, you know, hair falling out poor. And she knew it and didn't want to embarrass me, so she said, you know, every Monday, Katie and I make salmon, and we want you to start coming over on salmon night. And I would come over on salmon night, and she had a bowl of Oreos that were limitless. And she had, it's where I really learned the right way to sauce a salmon and eat salmon. And then she would send me home with leftovers, and I would eat for a couple more nights. Meat. I had noodles. Don't worry, guys. I had noodles. Um, and that began a friendship that is still very strong today. She lives in Steamboat. I was just visiting her two weeks ago. So um, she is still a very deep and good friend of mine. Second thing that happened, we didn't have pastors at this church. We had elders, okay? We had elders. One of the elders invited a handful of us who were new to his house, um, maybe six months into me being there. And we get to his house, and some of you will understand this. He's from one of the Carolinas, okay? And if somebody from one of the Carolinas invites you over to dinner, you say yes immediately, okay? Full China out. Multiple forks, all right? This is the level that he was at. Nameplates, so that no one felt uncomfortable because a lot of us were new in knowing where we would sit. It was the first time I'd ever had grits. I don't care for them. Is there any, I'm kind of tinny, is there something I'm doing? It's probably me, you guys. Uh, the, the one and only time controversial take here, I did have veal at that meal, okay? Uh, it was extravagant, the wines matched, the food, it was unbelievable, okay? Uh, I felt seen and loved and fed, my favorite thing, the whole time. And the third thing that happened in that year is that there was a group of kind of the same aged folks who started rallying to have lunch after church. And they would do it every once in a while, and I started rallying that we do it weekly. Because for me, it was the only interaction I was having with people that weren't from work, right? So if you look at these, me being Zacchaeus trying to get into this church community, if you look at these, these examples of what it took, these examples of why Jesus looked at me and said, I see you in that tree. Which would you say is probably the most hospitable? What, grits? I heard grits. I heard neighbor. Any other? I mean, I think when we think of hospitality, we kind of think we have to be from one of the Carolinas. We think we have to set this table that's immaculate where people have to eat from the outside in on their forks and the wine has to be perfectly paired. It was beautiful hospitality, the way he knew how to do hospitality. 
Just like my friend inviting me over for salmon night Monday nights was how she did hospitality, right? And how the people that were my age in church, who were, we were all making a little bit of money, we would go out for lunch afterwards because that was our best version of hospitality at our age, okay? You probably get where I'm going with this, but I'm just going to keep going, all right? God put... God is in each one of us, and I think that we get really messy sometimes when we think of, and if you've noticed, that slide kind of sneaks some evangelism in there. Did anyone notice that? Okay. It's also talking about evangelism, which we're going to talk about in a second. But how do we think that something as big and beautiful and warm as hospitality could be boiled down to one version? Well, that's a really fast way for a lot of people to feel like they're not good at hospitality, right? Um, and I do want to say that the best way to do hospitality is to know who you are and then do it out of that place. I'm an extrovert. Obviously, I'm an extrovert. Anytime there's a microphone, I'll take it, even if I'm nervous, all right? I'm an extrovert. I have like a bit of a... Um, blue healer in me, where I just love everybody to be in the same room, okay? A couple years ago, I had a Friendsgiving. I have a very small house. Chuck was there. There were 19 people in my living room pushing elbows to try and get fa. We had fa that night. I love it. I love gathering people. What I am not good at, and some of you have experienced it, is one-on-one. -on -one. I'm not good at it. I'm really awkward. I don't know what to say. I either want to say nothing or everything, and that makes it really uh, like awful for the first time I'm meeting you, right? Because I'm like, I'm really struggling with this too much, too much. Put it back in your mouth, right? I'm bad at it. And then the, I get this really bad thing where I'm up here, and I'm funny, and I'm fun, and people are like, she's going to be like that one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm not. I'm not. Becca knows. She's come over. I'm boring. I'm flat. That's not my gift in hospitality. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that probably if I want something that's life-giving to me, there needs to be several people in the room. And it's got to be an effort where we're gathering together. My sister, who is a 10 out of 10 introvert, is incredible at one-on-one. -on -one. But if I asked her to do a dinner party, she would like melt on the spot. Um, her favorite phrase uh, is, I hate people, okay? <laughs> we all have to kind of enter hospitality where we're already good. If you love Broncos games, you love watching Broncos games, there are Zacchaeuses in the tree around you. Invite them. Go to the wherever you do that together, okay? I'm not a sports person. <laughs> You won't see me throwing a party for sports ball, ever. But you could, because there's a lot of people who do love sports ball, right? There's a lot of people who do. And the reason why I think hospitality and evangelism might be holding pretty tight hands is because it doesn't matter if you're a believer or not. Sometimes we're in a tree longing to be a part of something. That's all that is. That's all evangelism is. That's it. Because I'm an extrovert, 
because I know I'm good at gathering, but I'm bad at one-on-one. -on -one. I invite my neighbors over once a month. I just, very brave, I was shaking like a leaf to knock on their doors to invite them over to my house for the first time. Now we've been doing it for three years. We have a group chain. We take turns. They tell me things about their lives. We're past the I'm awkward one-on-one -on -one stage now with them. But it was easy. I made a bowl of soup. I said, bring some bread, right? That's what I'm good at. I also had to prepare some good questions for one-on-one -on -one because we know I'm not good at that, right? But if you're somebody who, like, the big party's not your thing, like, man, there are, there are people who do not want to do the big party all over the place, too. And they long to just go have coffee. They long for you to start that sewing, knitting thing you've been trying to do. It's, all, it's built in us. God is in us. And these things we love to do are in us, and they are from God. And it is a beautiful way to say, hey, I see you. Let's go. Let's go. I'm all the way in. Let's do this. And it gives a chance for people to scramble down trees and become a part um, of their lives. I think that's all I wanted to say, you guys. <laughs> I do want to end with... Um, if you know me or listen to the podcast or anything, I believe the only thing I believe to be true about Christ is kindness. It is the gospel, I believe, of who Jesus is in my life. And I think what that means is whenever I give a talk on, go out and do it, yeah. I want to be mindful that we're not at all in that place, okay? So I don't want you to hear like, well, now if I'm in bloom, I have to do a Super Bowl party in February, okay? You don't, you don't have to do that. Because we're all in like various places. Some of us are in a tree looking for community. Some of us are in a community and maybe not just looking up every once in a while. <laughs> um, and some of us are in a place where maybe we need to be seen. Um, I love this, right? Zacchaeus isn't yelling. He's not doing anything. And Jesus sees him. He looks up at him and he says, I know you. I, I know you, I know your name. And Jesus does that for us first before we ever do that for anyone else. Um, so that's, that's my story. I missed a couple of funny ones. It's fine. Maybe next time. Um, I will say that <clears throat> I grew up in the church. And uh, the idea of being hospitable and an evangelist, ooh, that word, right? That word, um, I, I had youth group on Thursday nights, and as a 12-year-old, very, very much remember every Monday being like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to witness this week to someone, right? Because that's all it had been described to me as, tracks and telling people about Jesus. They didn't, they didn't mention that, like, all these friends that I had that may be seeking. I just needed to keep riding bikes with them being in life with them. And every, every Friday, I would cry while I prayed because no one had been saved that week. So if that was your upbringing, we're going to do a little bit of this right now, okay? Because that is not the evangelism and hospitality that Jesus is calling us into. All he's saying is, look, look around. There are people who are wanting to engage already.
invite them, invite them into your life. Invite them into what you're already doing. Um, there's no tracks involved with that, all right? Nobody's going to make you feel guilty because it's kind of fun. Because I already like making soup. And I already love when people come over to my house. So it's an easy extension to be a little bit brave and knock on their door, right? So, so that's it. Know yourself. Know yourself well enough to know how you do hospitality. Do hospitality. And if you can't do hospitality now, I see you. Jesus sees you. You're okay. You don't have to do it, all right? Um, and Bloom, what I want you to hear most of all is that you are very, very loved. Let me pray. Jesus, I'm grateful for all of the times. I recounted one, but all of the times that you have seen me in a tree, longing for community, for love, to be seen. And I know that that is just the condition of humans now. I know we all feel that way if we're in this room or not. So Jesus, we, we look to you as this great model who just simply looks up and sees and invites into what you were already doing that day. We look forward to the stories that will be told because we just started inviting those around us into our lives. But most of all, Lord, I just ask that for those who are not feeling seen by you, we will show them how seen that they are. We love you. Amen.